Hello everyone. This is the Interminable Podcast. That's it. Yeah. With? With Caden. Uh-huh. And yourself? Tex. All right. What are we talking about today, Caden? We're talking about civilian preparedness. That's right. Yeah. And what an individual can do, how they can start, how they can prepare, and then from there transitioning into a group. Yeah. Finding a group. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of people don't know what to do in the beginning. So Mm -hmm. how did you start your process from, tell me about what you did as an individual first. Let's start there. So as an individual, I mean, I didn't grow up with any guns when I was young. So I didn't really have any firearms experience until I was like 17 years old. Um, got my first Glock at 2019 and then all of a sudden 2020 happened with a bunch of riots and people dying and all that jazz going on. So that kind of gave me a reason to prepare Mm -hmm. because of my family. Right. So got my rifle, got a little bit of gear. It wasn't, it wasn't perfect, but I try to get proficient with my firearms at first. So going to a local range and trying to be accurate fast with my pistol and with my rifle as well. Right. Um, I didn't have a group. I was kind of in the mindset of a lone wolf, right? Which is a fantasy, which is a fantasy. Yeah. And I, I thought I was going to be okay while being like that. Right. But in reality, like if you're alone, you're probably not going to make it. Yeah. Right. A lot of people think that they're going to be okay alone. Yeah. That's the video game mindset. Yeah. The superhero mindset. And that's the main character syndrome too. Yes. That's exactly it. So yeah, I'm the main character of this universe. I'll never fucking, uh, yeah. Can't be touched. No, just respond. Yeah. Yeah. So, and but in reality, make sure you save your progress. (laughs) You come right back, just <laughs> go to the checkpoint. Just go to the checkpoint. No, but in reality, no matter like how badass you are, right? Like if there's a bunch of fucking dudes with whatever, you whatever. can't do it alone. No, no, yeah. you can't. There's no one man army. So I, I kind of realized that after 2020. Yeah. Right? So you started by buying guns, yeah, buying a little bit of gear, and I didn't have I had zero knowledge knowledge at that point. Yeah. So like, what the fuck? I didn't even know how to take down a fucking AR. Yeah. I had to fucking look it up on YouTube to yeah. how to clean which my is guns. Fine. Yeah, which, which is, fine. is which is perfectly fine, and I think that point where where a lot of shit was happening is honestly where I started taking this very seriously. I think a lot of people are in the same boat as you where they saw 2019, 2020 happen and they realized I need to, I need to be a little bit more prepared. So I grew up in a small town and have been around firearms my whole life. So rifles my whole entire life, hunting, going outside, cannon rifle since I was big enough to hold one. So for me, shooting and all that was natural to me 
and that progressed all the way up until yeah about 2020 for me as well and then i got more into a training mindset i met some people in a different city that i was living at that time and started acquiring gear and getting more from the shooting at the range sitting still to more of a training mindset um but that's kind of our stories but what do you think individuals that might be listening can do before they find a group how can they prepare themselves if they don't have a group because a lot of people most people i'd say don't have a group of dudes that they're going to train with no so either, what, what would you be doing if you were an individual yeah either they don't have a group or they have a group that's not very so what would you do serious. as an individual uh, as an individual like i think first thing as cliche it sounds like getting fit right because being fit like you're not constantly thinking about muscle fatigue and you know because if you're not fit all you're going to think about in a dire situation where you're moving a lot and exerting a lot is oh fuck i'm in pain i'm in serious fucking pain right now i need to i need to do a quick cop out from this situation so they'll make the wrong decisions or do whatever right so I think getting fit to actually be an asset is the first thing. And then training on your firearm skills. So like getting comfortable with your weapons, not being scared or not being like, um, I would say uncomfortable. Like, um, it shouldn't be awkward. No, it shouldn't be awkward. It should be a natural thing Yeah. when you shoot. Right. So, and then you can also do some research. Right? You got all the time on your hands. You can go on the internet. There's a lot of information on the internet. There's a lot of wrong information on the internet. But if you actually do your research and find the right guys, then you can actually learn a lot from there before you even touch grass. Yeah. Um, I think that's how I got my first information before I even found the group is I started following a lot of dudes on Instagram that had a reputation yeah. of being solid dudes with solid information, so solid knowledge. And that's how I started learning um, a little bit about how to prepare, what gear to buy, like um, how to train as an individual as well. And then another thing is a lot of people talk about like ranger handbooks, right? But it's actually a fucking great thing. All the handbooks. No, are out it, there. it's and actually, most of them are free. Yeah. And it's it's on the internet. Yeah. Like the whole PDF file is on the internet. So uh -huh. you can read through that. I mean, of course, Ranger Handbook will not teach you complex situation, like how to solve a complex situation where uh, and also something like a Ranger Handbook will go into things that if you're not in the military, you'll never need to know. Yeah, exactly. There's chapters in there on indirect fire and stuff like that. that yeah. You'll never need to know, but reading a ranger handbook or something similar will give you like the doctrine, right? So it'll introduce you to the terms. It'll introduce you to the tactics. It'll introduce you to the basic foundation, um, where if you have that knowledge, you're not hearing it for the first time, whenever a guy's trying to tell you to get into a wedge or whatever. Yeah. So you can still learn that before you even get into a group. 
Um, and I'm not saying Ranger Handbook is like the end all be all. End all be all. Yeah. Because it's basically teaching you basics of everything, but it's a good foundation to build yourself on. Right. To be an asset later on down the line. Yeah. So the fitness, you said fitness, shooting, or getting comfortable with weapons. Yeah. And then and, 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 and reading and yeah. having a foundation. Fitness is important. I think maybe the most important. I think so too. Because like you said, you when you put your body in those positions where it's used to, it's comfortable being uncomfortable and you understand that you're not going to die and you can think clearly and you can make decisions that will make it easier whenever you are fatigued out there and you have to make a call and you're not going to take the easy way out. You're going to make the decision that's best for you and your team. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you're fatigued, all you're thinking about is, and you're not used to it, or you think about an easy way out. Yeah. Like, I don't care who dies. I don't care if I die. I want this pain to stop right now. Yeah. But, and you, even, even guys that even when you are fit and you're tired and you're dragging and you haven't slept, you're still, the, the thinking is still cloudy. No. You're just trying to make it as good as you can. So you're not thinking about your body. You're thinking about the task at hand. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that fitness is important. Getting comfortable with weapons is super important. Um, and then having a foundational knowledge or an idea of these situations, these tactics, these procedures, and what to do. That way you're not hearing it for the first time whenever you do find a group. No. Yeah. So, so whenever you meet your group, you they see a guy who's prepared. Yeah. And you can still practice the stuff in Ranger Handbook too. Mm -hmm. Like you can go out to your local like um, public land. If you have a private land, kudos to you. Like you can go onto your private land and practice as much as you want. I mean, there's some tactics that you can't practice alone. Once you get into the squat stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But you can still move as an individual to kind of put that, put yourself in that situation and run through scenarios over and over and over mm -hmm. again. And it doesn't cost you anything except for your time. Yeah. So uh, I think that is the way I start off. Right. Everything I just said was how I did it. Right. And, and I started a similar way. So I didn't have a group in 2020. I was just started doing more research. And honestly, a lot of it, it sounds bad, but there's good and bad on the internet and on Instagram, but Instagram kind of showed me the way there's a lot of good accounts out there putting out good information. And when I realized how much information and how many scenarios are out there that I had not considered at all, I realized how ill prepared I was. And that is what I was looking for, which is the Dunning Kruger effect. So if the fuck you, is the Dunning Kruger? Effect? I'm about to tell you, buckle up, <laughs> buckle up, sir. Buckle up. The Dunning Kruger effect is basically like if you're a person who genuinely does not have the knowledge, you think that you know everything because you don't know. So you have a high level of confidence, but really you're super prepared. You just don't know. And then as you find a group or as you do your research and you do more exploration to these things, you realize there is a shit ton of knowledge out there that I don't know. So you start, your confidence goes down because you're realizing, Hey, I don't know any of this stuff. And then you start coming back up whenever you start training that stuff. So it's, you're ignorant to all of this information. So you're very confident. And then as you start learning more, you realize, Oh, I, I know hardly anything. And then you start training that stuff and you start coming back up with more confidence. So that comes from individual research, but also whenever you find your team, 
of guys who have experience that really comes into play. Um, but I think, yes, I did the same things you did when I started training. Um, and, but I think a big thing that's important as an individual or a group is establishing what you're training for. Yeah. So what's, what's the most likely thing that can happen to you and it's different for everybody. Right. So this isn't, um, it's not zombies, right? We can establish that. Yeah. You're not a fucking lone wolf. Or yeah. Yeah. Alice pack without frame right throughout the fucking city with a revolver <laughs> with a revolver on your hip and maybe yeah. a, like a lantern. No. So it is, it could be, um, like if you live in Florida, it could be a hurricane. It could be a natural disaster, something where the, where the grid is down for a week and there's looting and, and stuff like that. It could be, as we've seen these riots and stuff that are shutting down cities, it could be, um, it could be tons of things, but you have to figure out for yourself. And then whenever you join a group as your group, what is the most likely scenario that you're training for? Because the way you're going to train will be dictated by your reason why. Yeah. And the group's reason why. Correct. And I mean, everybody has a reason why they're doing it, but um, I think the reason that groups exist is to try to fulfill everybody's reason. So like fulfills everybody's end goal. Uh, come together and be a force that can do those things mm-hmm. to help everybody out that they trust and they care about. And I think that's the reason for a group. Yeah. And the good thing about a group is usually you have good proximity with each other, right? So we talked about this last episode, but our group is pretty close in proximity. So we have the same issues. We have the same problems that we're pre- preparing for. Yeah. Right. So that is coming together and you know, we'll usually have the same goal. And it's important that whenever you look for a group, you find one with that same direction and goal that you're looking for. Um, because if you're not training for the same thing, you're not going to be on the same page and yeah. it's not going to lead to a good time for you. No, not a good time at all. So, I mean, yeah. So that's why finding your tribe, like finding your team is very important because yeah, as a lone wolf, like I said before, you're not going to survive at all. Right. So, Let's talk about how, how do you find your group? How do you find your guys? Tell me how you found this group. So I, I said this in the first episode, but, um, I was on Instagram, basically, like I said, um, doing as doing what an individual is doing by following different, uh, profiles and gaining some knowledge. And I think I saw a post, I don't remember by who. But I think I saw a post where it's like a find your tribe, find a group of guys to train with. And one thing led to another. I contacted someone and the first group I was in, um, they weren't really serious, I would say, about getting actually prepared and being a team. Yeah. more likely, let's go to the range, let's dump this mag into a trash can type yep. of group. Which is fun. Which is fun, but ain't nothing wrong with that either. Yeah. But it was just not what I was looking for. Okay. And eventually that led me into a contact with somebody else that when I came out, I was fearing the worst. Like, oh, it's going to be one of those kind of groups again. Yeah. Like, 
where I can't rely myself on them or like I can't like it would be what do you say like I wouldn't feel valued yeah. and like it would just be a waste of my time kind of thing but it wasn't like that at all um actually like I think the first day I came out um I prepared myself pretty good in my opinion and that led me to a little bit of success on whatever we were doing which was I think it was bounding drills we were doing that day as the first day I came out and since I was since I prepared myself individually with being physically fit and knowing a little bit about bonding bounding and I mean even in the book right that I didn't have much problem getting through those kind of drills yeah and from there I just kind of got hooked since then yeah so you can do it on Instagram. That's why I did it. I find your tribe post, mm-hmm. just like you did it. You can do it through networking. You can find guys at the range. And I'm not saying just meet a guy at the range the first time and then, and then go out with them because that could lead to bad things. Um, but so there's vetting. There's vetting for sure that needs to go into this process. But it, it could also be as simple as guys that you know that you're friends with that don't have experience in this world getting together and committing to learning these skills. So you don't need this military background or this or that to start a group, right? You can find guys who are all like-minded, I think is the biggest part. And then if y'all are all like-minded and training for the same thing, you will commit the time to learn these skills. And you might not be the best at it, but get it going and don't give yourself excuses. And then you may find somebody to add to the group that brings more knowledge, or you can consult guys that have more knowledge to help train your group. But the point is to get going and find a group and and do it together because you can only do so much by yourself. Yeah. And what I'm looking for in a group that I would like to be a part of and become a family inside that group is just good group of guys who has no excuses and also who put out and shows up consistently. Um, I think the main part is everybody showing up consistently because everybody has a fucking excuse about why they're not showing up that day or whatever. And it's good to have, like we do, uh, zero one puts out the schedule for the entire year at the beginning of the year. So there's the dates make fucking time and come out here guys who are like the guys who are looking for will be out there they will do everything they can to put their life on hold to come out and be together and train together and work as a cohesive unit and it's not even it's not that i don't even think it's that serious it's that you're not putting your life on hold for two days you know once a month you know like it that should not be a difficult thing no now there are things that pop up but if you have eight months notice on a date where you need two days and it's a weekend and you're not even working, then you should go to make that work. So one, yeah, when you're looking for a group, one big thing is guys who are consistent because you don't want numbers varying and getting out there and there's three dudes and you've committed your time to this and then you yeah. need to find a group that that's consistent and intentional about it. Yeah. So consistent, consistent attendance is yeah. important guys who are committed to the group. Yeah. And that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, Leadership is another big thing. 
the group has to have some sort of leadership where it's not just you're out there and you look around at each other and you're like, okay, what are we going to do? So our group has really good leadership where we know before we go out there what the purpose of going out there is going to be. We know what we're going to go do. And what, what to pack. What to pack. We yeah. have a direction. So whenever we get out there, we're hitting it. Yeah. There's no there's no bullshitting or thinking about it. It's just we're out there training. So I mean, there's some little bullshit here and there, but that's... There's bullshit here and there, but that's part of it. I mean, you are out there with the guys, hopefully, that you like and that you're friends with. So there is bullshitting, but you have a reason to go train. You're not out there just guessing or just hanging out or sitting around a fire or doing whatever. So leadership, consistency are both big things to look for with a group. And then the last thing that I was looking for and found was like a level of professionalism. And it's not that this is an actual military or this or that, but just, um, this is not a hobby for these guys. We're not doing it just to have a fun weekend. It's you're out there to learn something. And I think what gets you out of this hobby mindset and doing it for fun is when standards are introduced. So I think standards are super important because once you introduce standards, you're no longer doing it for a hobby. It's no longer fun. When you have to ruck X amount of miles and X amount of time, then that's something to train for. And same with shooting and land nav and all the other things that we do. Having a certain standard that you must be at takes it to more of a professional mindset. Because that's what we're out there. We're out there to get better and to be able to execute these skills. Yeah. Not just to hang out. If you don't have a standard, like, um, so when you start putting up standards, people would, people who are not about it. Yeah, they'll naturally. Them. Yeah, they'll naturally weed themselves out. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, I thought I was here for fucking fun, but now we're rocking 10 plus miles. And to be clear, it is fun. I mean, yeah, it's it fun. Is fun. We have fun out there. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's a level of expectation for the guys. And what we should do and what we should be at. And right. Guys who are about it will do everything they can to try to exceed those standards. And guys were not about it and they will just not show up on those, on those days yeah. because they don't want to do it. That gets out the hobbyists. No. Yeah. So, yeah. And then whenever you're doing these things also, it's, you know, it's like we said, it is fun and it's good being out there with the guys. So it's, it's whenever it's professional, it doesn't mean it's so serious all the time, but doing those things together, doing the hard things together will bring you even closer so yeah. you'll enjoy doing it with the guys so like uh i think bonding um it all comes together through struggle so if y'all struggle together y'all have the same pain and memories that bonds you together so that's very important as well yeah and with the group what i like that we do is all of our guys are looking for additional work so FTX once a month, right? But all of our guys are in the chat looking for additional ways to get to work with each other. Yeah, so, and it ends up being a fucking every weekend. Yeah, we're doing something constantly, yeah. which is an awesome culture. Yeah. Because I think most of the guys understand that once a month training is not enough. No. I mean, if we're trying to get on a certain level, 
training one time <laughs> every 30 days is not going to cut it. So going to the range of the guys, um, one of the guys we're about to do Thursday, one of the guys found a piece of private land for us to go out at night in the house. Yeah. And do nighttime CQB small unit tactics, like looking for work like that, or even just going to rucking with another guy. Yeah. Yeah. So just, looking I mean, you're going to scare some fucking people on the trail with some nozzle. No, but... sir. Yeah, <laughs> we did do that. We did do that. I remember, uh, <laughs> I remember there's these two fucking homeless people that are walking the trail. We know what they were homeless. They were not homeless. They were, so. they had a fucking Walmart bag, they plastic bags in their hands. They, they were homeless. homeless. They were not homeless. Okay. So let's say they're, they're not homeless. They heard us coming. Yeah. Right. I, I could, we could see them like 50 yards ahead. There's also no moon. It was just dark. <laughs> yeah. And they heard us. And I could see them kind of like fucking sneaking away into a fucking bush. Like kind of like fucking, uh, what do you say? I don't know what you say. <laughs> they were kind of trying to hide in the bush on the side of the fucking trail. They got off the trail. They got off the they trail got off and the tried trail. to fucking hide from us. Yeah. Yeah. So don't scare, <laughs> don't scare the local people. The local people. But, uh, but get out and train. That's, that's the point. Look for it outside of outside of your monthly meetup yeah and then guys who are really about it will come to those things because they want to be closer to yeah and then they may not training. like it's not on the schedule yeah but having a group of guys who want it that's that's a good thing. and they can make it work they'll be out there yeah and one other thing that you can do once you've found your group is and you've been training with them is do some cross training with other groups yeah. So finding other groups that are doing it well and reaching out with reaching out to them and kind of building your network and building your community and building your knowledge because yeah. each group is going to be training different things for different scenarios, right? Especially if geographically they're in a different place, but yeah. just because someone's in a different place doesn't mean they don't have skills that you could pick up. Yeah. And there might be, um, like other groups might have different skill sets of what they specialize in. Um, and like, let's say our group specializes in something that we're better at something. No, fucking no. Well, like one, like one example is like, like we have now the shoot house. Yeah. So we get to go work it as much as we want. And a shoot house is not a thing that is just readily available for a lot of groups. No. So other groups might spend days in the forest in the fucking forest bro in the forest not the woods in the forest um that might spend <laughs> i can't even say it with a straight face okay i'm gonna call it the woods people might spend the other groups might spend days in the woods you know their field craft is phenomenal they can start a fire in the snow yeah. they can scavenge they can hunt you know they can do all these things because that's their environment well we, they don't have a shoot house out there. So that's something that we may be able to give a little knowledge transfer to them and they can help us with the field craft aspect. Yeah. And there's nothing bad about connect with, connecting with other groups as well no. within the state lines or even outside the state lines. Yep. Like if you make time to connect with them, right, they'll do the same for you. And in the end, we're all kind of fighting for the same thing basically yeah. about 
the macro. We're all in it for the same yeah. thing. Yeah. We kind of all have the same mindset. That's why we're all training. We all have a group. We're we're training it proficiently. Yeah. Right. And so connecting is not bad. I think uh, cross training with other groups can bring you knowledge, and also you can help them out with whatever knowledge that you have. Yeah, because we all we all we all are doing different things. Not every not no two group out there is training the exact same way, the exact same thing. So yeah. picking up little in, tidbits of information, seeing how they do things, seeing the technology they use, seeing how they move, how they communicate, all of that, um, it can't hurt to know. And you're not saying that you're going to copy and paste what they're doing and bring it back, but you can you can pick up things here and there. That might, be that might be better than ours. Right. And it's just like going to a course, right? It's just like if somebody in our group went to a course that was taught by somebody, he can go get the information there, relay it back to the group, and we can figure out what applies to us and use that. Yeah. It'd be the same thing. It'd and be then, the same thing for them. Yeah. Like it, we can go over there and we can bring our knowledge back to them and then they can decide, hey, is this a better way to do things or whatever we have going on right now is better than what they're doing. So it's basically giving them an open eye or giving us an open eye on different way to do things to better ourselves. Yeah. Continuous learning. Always. Yeah. yeah. And in the process, you're growing your network. You're growing your group of dudes that you can consult, that you can talk to, that you can get information from. Yeah. And maybe even just getting some homies basically yeah. yeah so there's nothing wrong with that cross training i think is an awesome tool and it's one that's used everywhere like everywhere everybody does cross training oh even in like the business world people who people who are starting a business will go study a successful business figure out what they're doing and bring it back right even, to find more success yeah. so it's done everywhere and it's super important even in the militaries too yeah they cross train. yeah like ours go over to, let's say, fucking Thailand, and Thailand comes over here to train, and then they kind of incorporate whatever they learn to take back to their units or their militaries. It's yeah. the same with us. Because no matter what you're doing, there's always something else out there that you could be doing. Yeah. And and you may train with another group and find out that the way you're doing it, you like better. But at least you are open-minded enough to go uh, try it a different way and maybe grab something out of it that works for you. And we have something, we have a course like that, right? Yeah, yeah, we do. So we hold, I wouldn't say, it's like a, it's a course. It's where, a leadership course. Yeah, it's a leadership course where you have to make a decision on the fly while you're fatigued. We host different groups and they come over and try to get different cross training with us. But it's a good way of giving our knowledge back to them as well as building relationships as well. So we already kind of do that. Yeah. So. And that you hit on, there's a lot of critical thinking and critical thinking, going back to things that you can train is like one of the most important things, being able to make decisions now when you need to and not freezing. Yeah. I think you train critical thinking through stress. Like you have to induce stress because if there's no stress or there's no fatigue or there's no tiredness or you're not hungry, then it's easy. I mean, it's easy to make decisions, laying on the couch under a blanket with yeah. a full stomach and Netflix on, you know, I mean, there's no, oh, I'm gonna go fucking, uh, 
I'm gonna go grab a fucking beer. Yeah, you have time to think about it. It's, so it's it's easy. But whenever you're out there, cold, hungry, tired, you got ten guys looking at you to Good make direction. a decision. Yeah, yeah, that is how you train it. You train it by doing, and that comes from a lot of things. But critical thinking is something is a skill that's so big for everybody, but especially for leadership, you've got to be able to make a decision. Yeah, because because no decision, no action is wrong. Yeah, one hundred percent of the time it's wrong. I mean, in a, in a tactics world, like there's no, I mean, there's a better decision and there's the worst decision, but there's no, like I would say, wrong decision. Well, there's obviously like, okay, you're fucking charging a machine gun nest and you're just going up the hill. To just if you're going to rank it, there's yeah. a good, there's a right decision, there's a wrong decision, and then there's no decision. Yeah. 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 So make a decision. Make a decision. So, and the more you've trained critical thinking, the more likely you're going to make the right one. And the more physically fit you are, the more likely you're going to make the right one. Yeah, because if you're not fit, again, you're going to make that decision where it's comfortable for you. Yeah. What's you're easiest? making the pain stop. You're going to make the decision that makes the pain stop. Yeah. So, but, I mean, I went through that course, right? And you're about to go through that course. Yeah. Um, yeah, like when you're training and you're with your group of guys and you're comfortable being with your group of guys and something happens, you can make a decision, right? Because you're not as stressed. Yeah. So stress and then the unexpected, right? That's how you train. No that, script. That yeah. critical thinking part of your mind. Yeah. Because that's another thing. If it's rehearsed, if you know what's coming, you're not you're not doing any critical thinking. You're just yeah, because you're just reacting because you know. Yeah, because before you know it's coming, you're already playing the scenarios right. over and over and over in your head. So when it does come, you're, you're just doing, doing it. it. Yeah. But if it's unexpected and that stress level goes higher, you haven't played that out in your mind yet. Right. Okay. So it's a different situation than what I thought. I gotta make a fucking decision. What do I do. And if you haven't been in a, if you haven't, and you don't, it doesn't have to be like fucking just stress in a tactical environment. You can train that like anywhere, like working out as part of stress inoculation. Yeah. Um, fatigue. Fatigue. What else? Pushing yourself throughout, um, standards day is yeah. a stress inoculation. So you're training that all the time and when the time comes but you have to choose to you have to choose to train it yeah because all that is uncomfortable you, you have to you have to want to put yourself in that situation yeah and that goes back to finding the right guys for your group and you making sure that you're the right guy and you're making sure that you are holding up to that standard as well yeah so and putting yourself in those situations is gonna make you better like don't don't cheat yourself don't make everything rehearsed. Don't, don't, don't make it easy on yourself. So, yeah. So we have that course. That's the cross training. We're going to do some cross training outside of that. You and I, yeah. Um, hopefully soon, and pick up some things from other groups. But outside of this group and the training that we do, community and network is important as well. That is true. Just like we talked about, the individual can't do it alone. Our group as a whole couldn't do anything alone. I mean, yeah, in a bigger scale, we could do a lot, but we couldn't do it all alone. 
no. in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. So you need to have this backing of a community behind you to support your mission and to support whatever needs that you have to keep the mission going. Right. So uh, let's talk about the military. Like they have this whole logistics chain where they make the fucking machine move. And a lot of people aren't ready to have that. A lot of people are not ready to have that conversation. Like the logistics of what, how are you going to handle logistics if something happens? Yeah. Right? That, that's, a, that's a major part. How are you going to get food? How are you going to get water? How are you going to get ammo? How are you going to get from point A to point B? Yeah. No, no, but most people have not thought about that sort of situation and what they're going to do. Yeah. So what if you run out of ammo? How are you going to get ammo? Yeah. But if you build this relationship with your communities and they, they trust you and you trust them mm -hmm. and you can, they'll just like, I mean, we have a situation where we have that kind of going mm -hmm. right. And we're like right now, yeah. um, they'll provide you without even asking, they'll provide you with stuff yeah, and out of goodness of their heart. And also because they know you're a good guy and they trust you to yeah. do the right thing. Um, and they're going to also be like an exchange. Yeah. Some people will do it out of goodness of their heart and because they believe in what you're doing. Yeah. But some people are not able to because they're too old or they're hurt or whatever, or they just don't want to. And that's not a bad thing no. that they want something in exchange. No, no, no. And it's not a problem if you don't want to be in this group doing the things that we're doing, but those guys may have information. They may have a farm. They may have a gun store. I mean, you, you don't know, but probably a guy with a gun store is willing to fight. <laughs> but uh, who knows? the point is there's people that you need to support what you're doing. And not everybody has to be ready to pull a trigger, you know? Yeah. So they might trade you. They might want protection or this or that from you, or just knowing that they can call you if they need help for any sort of situation. In exchange for stockpile hey, of their fucking ammo. Yeah, we have food, we have ammo, we have water. Um, we're not going to be out there doing things that you're doing, but we'll support you and you support us. And once you start building those relationships with your community, it kind of opens the doors and answers a lot of the questions and the problems that you're going to run into. Yeah. So your community ties are important and it's good to have them. I think one thing a group can do to better prepare is kind of to be a jack of all trades. So some groups will train in one particular thing. They'll be very good at it. And that's just what they do. Uh, I kind of like the mindset of being proficient at a lot of things and not necessarily an expert in just one thing. Yeah. I mean, when something bad happens, it's most likely going to be in urban city town areas. Pop, where the populated areas. There's a lot of populated areas where there's a lot of um, a lot of buildings, a lot of five story, six story um, high rises, um, street alleyways, blocks. So um, I see a lot of groups that have very proficient skills in rural areas where there's a lot of heavy dense woods. Um, big open areas and um, places where you can set up like ORP in the just middle of the woods. Right. Yeah. But 
Um, you got to be able to do both. You got to be able to move from the woods to a populated area. Yeah. And be comfortable, be just as comfortable in both places. Now, if you're a group that is trained in the woods or in a rural area, then you might be more comfortable in the woods, but you got to be able to, just because that's where you train doesn't mean that's the only place that you might have an encounter of some kind. Yeah. And the skills you train in, train in the rural area, in the woods, they can, I'm not saying they can't, but they can work in urban environment, but there's a lot of different ways that it changes. So like crossing a linear danger area and a trail from one wood, wooded area to another wooded area is very simple, right? You just cross the linear danger zone, have security and have your teams cross without not checking up into every single windows, every single roof that there might be danger. And our, if you don't know how to do that in an urban environment, when you're trying to cross a street and there's hundreds of windows, like four or five roofs on that particular street. Yeah. A lot more can go wrong. Yeah. So if you don't train that, then how are you going to do it? Or like, I would say, um, you won't be safe as a group. Yeah. I mean, if you've never done it before, then yeah, it's not going to be safe. Yeah. So yes, I'm saying the skills you train now can transition over to urban area where most groups can't train in the middle of a fucking city block. Right? No, but, but you, can, you can set up things. You can set up things, have mock scenarios and have an actual plan, come up with a training plan to, or as simple as just talked about it and looked at it together, looked at a scenario on a whiteboard yeah, or whatever. That way it's not the first time you're seeing it if you are in that situation. Yeah. Cause, but also like Jack of all trades goes into stuff outside of this training. Like it would be good to have, to know how to work on cars. It would be good to have a guy like our group who does construction yeah. or is a contractor. And that helped us out. And it helped us out right? massively. So stuff like that, uh, guys who can cook. Like for the masses, can you make a big meal? Can you, can you, can you make a meal out of very little? You're, you know? you're looking at him right now. It's not you. <laughs> you're, you're not that guy. <laughs> you're like, sorry, dream, are you? Well, yeah, I mean. But having guys trained in stuff outside of small and tactics and stuff that are skills that you can use is good as well. Knowing how to do a little bit of everything. Yeah. And. It could be their jobs they're having they they have right now too. Yeah. So like you can figure that out as well. So like if one guy's a mechanic, one guy's a construction worker, one guy is a fucking I don't know, he's a hospital cook worker where he cooks for the fucking masses. Yeah. And stuff like that. Um yeah. Just knowing oh and medical as well. Huge. 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 So if you have a, if you have a person who's knowledgeable in me- medical side of things, yeah, it's fucking great. And if you actually have a fucking doctor and a surgeon, <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Hopefully they don't have much work. No, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just don't get in this mindset. I would say don't get in the mindset of one dimensional training where uh, you think that applies to every single situation that you're 
going to face or possibly going to face with your group. Um, just be good at everything that might possibly get in your way. Right. And it's all, but that's all situational. Like if you're in a super rural area and you have your community set up and there's no reason you're ever going to go to a populated area, like most of your training is going to be rural based and that's totally fine. That's going to be what you're really good at, but just have the skills have gone over it before to handle other situations outside of that, but there's nothing wrong with living in the woods and being very, very good in the woods. Like that's going to come natural. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So I think that was good. Maybe help people go from individual, what they could be doing to getting into a group, what to look for in a group, how to find a group, and then just general mindset and and training and maybe some things that people can work on. Yeah. I mean, we kind of touched the basic stuff of how to do that because I mean, if you have already have a solid group and doing things really well, then um, that's fucking great. But uh, we're trying to, we talked about this because we're trying to reach people who doesn't have those kind of things already. And most people yet. don't. And most people don't. Most people don't. So, yeah. But yeah, that's a big thing. Find your find your group of guys to train and work out. Work <laughs> Please out. be fit. Yeah. You're, okay. gonna, you're gonna drag everybody down if you don't work. Yeah, they'll be dragging you if you don't work out. That is true. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's it for today. That basically covers everything. Okay. Yeah. Adios. Adios.